Uh, speaking of a big deal, how about college football and the Florida Gators in Gainesville, pretty big deal over the last 24 hours that Jalen Jones is headed to the transfer portal. We bring in the athletics, Will Salmon right now, who always joins us talking some Gator stuff. And Will, uh, good to have you on, man. Thanks for your patience for a couple minutes. But uh, how about this news with Jalen Jones? Was it a bit of a stunner in Gainesville? Hey, guys, thanks for having me on. You know, as a, as a Brock Lesnar fan, I didn't mind the, the Brock Lesnar chatter for a few minutes. But, uh, but no. Nah. <laughs> Um, no, you know, it was, look, you know, Jalen Jones was a guy who was committed to Dan Mullen at Mississippi State. Then he decommitted from Mississippi State when Mullen left Starkville. Then he committed to UF after Dan Mullen uh, became the head coach for the Gators. So that, at least to me, doesn't sound like a kid who didn't know what he was signing up for. I don't think he had any sort of illusions of grandeur of suddenly stepping in and winning the QB battle or the job away from Franks. I don't think this was some sort of like a depth chart reaction. It's not a case where, you know, you get some guy who, uh, some old guy who gets on his lawn and talks about entitlement and, you know, the transfer portal being bad for football or anything like that. Um, All that context would sort of like leave prudent persons to to believe it was sort of like an off the field type of thing. Um, So like, I guess, until we have mm-hmm. more to report with facts and interviews with people like head coach Dan Mullen, that's probably where it should be at at this point. So kind of, yeah, uh, just because I don't think it has something to do with the depth chart in any way. Yeah, I agree with you too. I think we, we talked about it earlier in the show and I think details are going to be sketchy. I, I'm not sure Florida will come out and tell us much. Uh, I'm not sure Jalen Jones will come out and say, say so much, but speculation will be there sooner or later. Things will trickle out about what happened, but I think it is fair to speculate that it might be something else because a lot of it just doesn't add up. Bigger picture here though, will is this a cautionary tale potentially, depending on what this is, but a cautionary tale with early enrollees and the maturity level of guys being on campus and and trying to get this head start and this jump, um, or is this maybe just a one-off type of thing potentially? Well, I think that it's a good point. I think it's something that's interesting to sort of raise. It's it's an interesting issue to raise, but – would I guess like to play like devil's advocate would an additional four months of somebody's maturity level make a difference because we're talking about January versus say June of the same year you know we're not exactly talking about um, you know a two-year thing or something like that so um, I think it's an interesting point to raise but because we don't see that much of it I'm not trying to diminish anything that uh, could happen but um, I think because it you know, we don't see that many examples of it, I guess, where it's like something that I think you could really uh, pinpoint. I do think it underscores the idea of needing to take a quarterback every cycle if you're a program like Florida or really any college program. I think that really underscores the point of the value of taking a quarterback every single cycle, even if your quarterback room appears to be sort of deep or comparatively speaking deep. But because, you know, in an instant, it could change. And because of how important the quarterback position is, you always need to sort of be preparing for, hey, this is how it looks today, but we're an injury away or somebody's decision, one person's decision away from being in a very vulnerable position. So I think that kind of underscores that point.
Yeah. The, the situation Hello. at least underscores the point of the, the value of taking another QB or at least one every cycle. Hello, Florida State. A little bit uh, right there. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, so, Will, I mean, you know, Coach Mullen's been on record saying that he takes great pride in not having his guys transfer and, and keeping them in the, in the program for the four years or however long they stay there. I mean, and granted, we don't know the details of the situation yet with Jones going to the portal, but does this kind of hurt the Florida Gators a little bit in terms of perception, maybe in terms of Coach Mullen a little bit? Just because, like you said, there isn't a whole lot of information out there. And so, like, when that happens, I think everybody from, like, a rival's point of view or just, you know, your average fan, you're going to make some sort of conclusions and you're going to go off of what has been said in the past. And it's going to, yeah, it's, it's going to have an effect on people's perception just because the facts aren't all out there in, in this situation. So impartially, yeah. So I guess the question is, is that is it fair to, to have that sort of perception? And I think I think it's fair, but I think it also is a little bit uninformed just because it's not as if it's a case of, like I mentioned before, okay, you had a quarterback come in, he's fourth on the depth chart, and he's saying, okay, I'm out of here. Or, you know, you don't have a whole bunch of guys who are checking in and checking out within a 12-month period so far. You had you had Malik Lang, uh, Langham leave uh, defensive uh, defensive lineman, and that was a little unexpected. Just because, hey, he was a big time recruit when they signed him in that cycle. He was somebody they pulled from Huntsville, and that was a big deal because it showed that they could win recruiting battles against the likes of an Alabama. So that is something that you want to avoid. But until we see more of those sort of things happening, then I guess. It, I guess it would be a little bit unfair to kind of connect those dots at this point, just based on the circumstances with the two being sort of different situations. And of course, and it's not like, you know, Dan Mullen sat in that kid's kitchen was like, if you come to Florida, you're going to be a starter. Like, I don't see the conversation going like that. So it's like you said, it's probably not a depth chart issue. And I'm sure we're probably going to find out more in a few days or so. But yeah, it's just a weird situation overall. Yeah, and to that point, by the way, I, th- I think to those points about Mullen, uh, this is way too early for Mullen. There's not enough evidence of stuff with Mullen. I think we're, you got to take each stop along the way. So I think Will's right on the money there. I mean, you can connect some dots. There's always going to be perception. There's always going to be chatter, and everybody's got a, a microscope on these things. But uh, I, I don't think this one situation, depending on however it works out, um, will really label Mullen in, in this early tenure at Florida. How about the quarterback position in general will as we talked to will salmon from the athletic felipe franks it sounds like has a grip on that thing but then there is some chatter will he maintain that all fall what's your gut tell you uh will uh with uh felipe franks and and obviously Embry jones uh being the contender right behind him I think I think has a strong grip on the position as far as who the starter is for this team and who opens up against Miami. I think it's to me it's unquestionably Felipe Franks. I think we saw that in the spring, and that point was, you know, put an exclamation point on the the way the spring game played out, where we saw who was showcased and for how long and in what ways. Clearly, Felipe Franks fit the bill as the guy who was showcased the most as far as running with the ones and uh, certain plays and statistics and, and what have you. Uh, but like you mentioned, Emory Jones is the the future guy. Uh, it's just a question of when will that happen? 
you know, Felipe Franks puts together uh, a couple of poor performances. I don't think Dan Mullen is going to have that long of a leash with it because, hey, this is a team that is capable of winning now, especially if they could fix the issues with the offensive line. So I don't think he's going to let anything kind of prevent or at least let a a quarterback or any position for that matter prevent uh, Florida from getting to where it's capable of, of going. So I think that's really the question with it. But like you alluded to, the room itself, even with the potential departure of a Jalen Jones, comparatively speaking, it's pretty fine just because you have your starter in Felipe Franks. You have the guy who you're looking at as the future at the position in Anna Jones. You also have a Kyle Trask still in the mix um, as far as the backup goes. So it's better than some. It's you know they had four, they have three, so obviously that's not good. But but it's better than better than some at least. Yeah, I think I think the Gators' quarterback situation is fine. I think if you start thinking national championship and Final Four and how much of a big step from last year they can take, I then I start scratching my head a little bit. I'm not sure I'm much, that much of a believer, and I might be a little scarred. And this is total situation type of, of comparison I'm making here. It's not skill set comparison. But I'm scarred from maybe the Blake Bortles thing around here. And I died on the Bortles Hill, by the way, as a, as a preface to this. Uh, but it almost feels like Franks could have a Bortles feel in the sense of, okay, everybody wanted him gone. And then Bortles, 2017, he plays well in December, carries him to the AFC Championship game. Now everybody's in love and says, oh, here we go. He found himself. And then what happened in 2018? It was a, a downward. He's off and now in L.A., and I kind of feel Felipe Franks could be a sense of that where a couple of years ago, everybody's like, oh, my gosh, this guy can't get it done. Dan Mullen gets so much out of him. Things go well last year. And then could we get in a situation where, yeah, he starts the thing, but a month in, six weeks in, uh, Dan Mullen says, you know what, we might be able to win bigger with a guy like Emory Jones. That, that's just me. Uh, but it's kind of my feeling from the outside looking in and probably just because I just experienced this thing uh, with Blake Bortles in Jacksonville. I don't think you're way off with that, though, at all. I mean, I think that's pretty astute, um, the, the comparison. Who knows how it will play out? But I think to this point, it's it's kind of on a similar line or, you know, on that similar sort of growth of a graph. But, yeah, I mean, it all comes down to what happens this year. But like you mentioned with uh, with Felipe Franks, it's like, I never thought he was as bad as he was made out to be in that 2017 year. I think the the team itself had a lot of issues offensively, yeah. uh, which was pretty clear to see, uh, especially in regards to the pass protection and, and really everything. Every sort of component of the offense was not easy to watch. And so depending on one guy was unfair. But then again, it's like he's not – is he as good as the 150, 58.3 QB rating of, of like of – like you know, a perfect rating or what he had last year when he racked up touchdown conference foes. No, he's probably somewhere in the middle, and that's usually what we see against good conference teams. And largely that's what I would expect him to be, if not a little bit better, uh, heading into this year. Well, you know, it's not a position I like talking about because it's boring, but let's be honest here. I think the offensive line is probably the biggest question mark going into the season for the Florida Gators. I mean, Dan Mullins even acknowledged saying that he would gladly take a grad transfer at the position. From your perspective, I mean, should people be worried about the offensive line or is it since it's the spring game so you can't really tell much? I mean, where is the offensive line right now for the Florida Gators? I think it's it's largely still a work in progress. I mean, I think we had talked a couple of weeks ago just 
to me, that's going to dictate how far this team gets. Like you were saying earlier, I'm not sure if this is a national football you know, uh, college playoff contender or not. I would lean toward not right now just because, look, you're already breaking in four new starters on the offensive line. And the guys who you're breaking in as those starters, they didn't exactly push for these roles last year. Quite frankly, they didn't at all. You know, when Tim Holland was asked point blankly, uh, because after some games with the offensive line last year, they were not doing that hot. And so he was asked last year, well, why don't you just make a change? And the answer was, well, I don't really have a capable change to make here or capable bodies to insert at the moment because they're still kind of growing and adapting to what we need them to be. Still largely the case. It's a young and experienced group. And, uh, you know, on, a, on an offense that doesn't have any really other other holes, it's striking because that's the thing that's kind of holding them back from being in that sort of top five conversation instead of a top ten conversation, you know, instead of the top, top ten conversation, which is where they are right now. Good stuff with Will Salmon on the Florida Gators uh, from The Athletic. And, and let's end with this. You wrote an article, I think, uh, just published today. Yes, it was uh, on Anthony Richardson, the Florida QB recruit for the class of 2020. Uh, fantastic article. It goes in depth uh, on, on the background of Anthony Richardson. Give us an idea of your impressions of, of this young man and how big of an impact he could have on campus in Gainesville in the future. Yeah, well, we're still so far out, but it's one of those deals where everybody kind of cares about who the QB is, especially after the news yesterday. Yeah, but um, you know, yeah, good timing, by the way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, funny coincidence, right? Um, but now, you know, he's he's, um, you know, I was kind of surprised to learn that he actually won't be 17 until May. Uh, he's still actually 16 years old, so that was sort of new for me because when you look at him, you look at his body, you know, the strength. Um, how he could kind of bulldoze kids uh, as a runner at the high school level. It's like, wow, you know, he's got a lot of maturity to him. And even off the field, he has a lot of maturity to him. I mean, he's a kid who, who, who grew up with a single mom, little brother, um, had to be sort of like the man of the house as, as a preteen. I mean, that's not easy to do, of course. Yeah. So he's, he's seen a lot as a kid, and he's growing as a football player and as a quarterback. He already has the arm strength. It's a matter of his accuracy catching up to it. Uh, which comes down to repetition and getting more experience. So I think there's reason to be excited about him. I think 247 Sports uh, just boosted him to a four-star status. So I think he's going to get more recognition as his high school senior season gets gets started and we see more of him on a weekly basis. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. It's a fascinating article. Go check it out in The Athletic. Uh, read uh, Will Salmon on the Florida Gators. Uh, covers him fantastically, but really good article on Anthony Richardson. Like you just said, too, it, regardless of the Jalen Jones situation, you've got to get quarterbacks in there on, a, on every recruiting cycle. It's like we talk about in the NFL. I mean, you can take the sixth-round Gardner Minshew. Uh, you can do that every year because sooner or later, one of those are going to hit. And the Florida Gators, have, even if they might be back, if they are going to win big, they're going to have to hit on the QB position in Dan Mullen's offense, uh, I believe. So it'll be fun to watch and see if one of these guys can do it. If not, uh, Felipe Franks or or even an Emory Jones who already is on campus. Will Salmon, thanks for uh, stopping by, man. We appreciate catching us up on the Florida Gators. Hey, guys, thanks for having me. Enjoyed it. All right. Uh, Will Salmon from The Athletic. Again, go check it out. I really like The Athletic. Uh, TheAthletic.com, if you haven't seen their stuff, pretty good. I think it's working. You know. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.